Welcome to another episode of the Loving Life After Loss podcast. I am your host, Marie Alessi. I have known Samin for about four years now, and we go back quite a long way, four or five years. And I was really excited about having you here today, Samin, because you have got a wealth of wisdom that you're going to share with us today. We only have one hour, so we share some of it today. And, I, uh, <laughs> I mean, I hope I've got the wisdom, not I hope I can share it. <laughs> so I want to share a little story before I get you to introduce yourself to the audience, how we actually met. And it was, to me, it feels like a previous lifetime because it was in my previous coaching business that I had. And I was doing a talk about business. I can't remember the exact topic. I think it was business and mindset. And it was this beautiful location in... Um, Barangaroo. Uh, Barangaroo. You're amazing. And I remember um, you walking into the room. Your, your presence was quite uh, significant to me. And you showed up after the talk and said, I need to talk to you. And in a nutshell, we started working together. And you also, in that time, brought up the idea of co-hosting a retreat. We co-hosted a retreat together. That was about three and a half, almost four years ago now. And brought the beautiful Dr. Bruce Copley from South Africa to host it. And we were the co-hosts. So that was our little um, lead up to it from a professional level. And after that, it turned more and more into friendship. Uh, two months after the retreat, I actually lost Rob. So that was just a real whirlwind for me thereafter. And... After all this time of running Loving Love After Loss, I said, why have I never interviewed you in my group? You need to come <laughs> and speak to us. So I'm going to hand over the microphone to you. And would you please do us the honor to introduce yourself to our audience? Thanks, Marie. Uh, so I'm Janine Shaka, and I left corporate in 2015 after 20 years. Yeah. And my business has got two arms. So the one arm of my business is help people invest in property and the other arm of my business is personal development and i am the australian trainer of the silver method which is s-i-l-v-a a dynamic meditation program i'm also a coach and i do leadership training masterminds and i've just also recently got another certification called rapid results coaching and uh yep that's really me hey it's incredible <clears throat> so um what I would like to do today, Shanine and I, um, as I said, you know, we've known each other for quite some time. I know quite a bit about you, about your background. And today there's actually uh, one of the most heartwarming stories out of your life. You've got a lot of beautiful stories, but one I'd really like to share with the group, and that is about your brother, Jummy. Would you like to, I'd actually like to dive right into that, if that's okay with you, because uh, this really gives our audience a very good impression to what your background is. And um, and we'll also talk about the silver method because that has made a huge impact in your life and the way you dealt uh, with adversity in your life. So would you mind telling us a little bit about your beautiful little brother? Sure. Um, just begin anywhere then. Yeah, just tell us about him. How was he like? What was his uh, okay. character? So yeah, you always talk so warmly about him. I would love the audience to get to know him a little bit. Sure. So I was very blessed to um, have a brother born when I was 21. So I was old enough to be his mother, except I love my sleep too much, so I'd rather be his sister. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
Jami was the greatest blessing, uh, I think, in my life from such a, a spiritual and connection and relationship point of view. I always say that um, he is the only member of my entire family, even extended family, that I never, ever, for some reason, I don't know why, I never, ever had a altercation with him, an argument, or we were really very close. And because I was 21 years older than him, obviously I spoiled him rotten. I um, couldn't wait to, job, yeah, <laughs> I couldn't wait to spend holidays with him, you know, just take him to do things. And I have to say, the one thing about Jamie was that was different about him. He was very, very pure, pure in spirit. He was ever, even pure in mind and body. Um, he passed on when he was 21. Um, he was very strong in his faith, so much so that he taught me a lot about the, my own faith. He strengthened my faith through his faith. So uh, that's, and he was also different in the sense that when he was 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, he was never into partying and drinking and that kind of thing like many of his other school friends were. He did have school friends. They were a little bit different. Uh, he was very close to family. He did love his friends. He absolutely did. Um, but just a very mature kind of soul. And I remember conversations when he was tiny. He was only like sometimes 12 years old. And he would ask me, why can't we destroy all the drugs in this world and stop drug addiction? Because it ruins people. And, and he, he couldn't. He just kept asking me, but why can't we just get them all and like burn them or, you know, bury them or something. And I said, well, you know, where there's money, there's people who tend to be corrupt. And he said, why? Why would people do that if they know that it's bad for yeah. people? So his whole, from a very young age, he was always had the strong cool. intention yep, to just do good in this world and, and heal the world. And he was the most forgiving natured person I honestly know. He never, ever held a grudge, even when people were blatantly rude or unkind to him for whatever reason he never ever held a judge he was the most forgiving soul and affectionate loving beautiful person and unfortunately when he was 21 um the reason he passed on was from about age 12 uh he was diagnosed with epilepsy and we thought it was one seizure which is possible then it was two and they said well it could happen and just go away and from that age it actually got more and more and more severe he was on the strongest level of medication and the highest dose. And a couple of months before he passed on, um, he was actually still having seizures, Marie, even up to um, a, a minimum of one a month. He would have two, sometimes three a month on the highest dose of the strongest medication. Wow. And my parents had done everything from pillar to post, neurologist to neurologist, not for months, for years, trying to find a solution. Yeah. And um, here he was, an 81 kilogram full-grown man at 21 um, cleaning the garden one day uh, outside there with the dogs and he happened to have a seizure and somehow fall into the swimming pool and drowned in under three minutes and um, my parents were there they never heard a thing which was another mystery it was almost like I have to say this and people must just forgive me for sharing myself honestly but it was almost like he was taken um, in the most peaceful and gentle way, because they know if you drown, you actually just lose consciousness. Um, yeah. But he never made a sound falling in the pool. And my dad even said he was lying on his bed with a sliding door open. The pool's literally right outside his door. And my dad mm -hmm. had a fireplace there and he picked up a log. It's a small one. And he chucked it in the pool. Yeah. And he said, you tell me that you can't hear that because they lived in a very quiet suburb. 
And he said, tell yeah. me how an 81 kilogram man falls in the pool and no one hears anything. And Lola yeah. actually um, found him, his mom, uh, within three minutes of him talking to her, she just had an intuitive feeling. She just knew something was wrong. And she looked out the window and she saw that she saw the spade in the, in the, in the garden lying on the, on the grass. And she thought, Jamie's a very neat person. He was, he was very neat, very conscientious. Yeah, his room, his room was speak and spend. Why would the spade be lying in the garden? And then she saw the great Dane leaning over the pool. And so she, oh. she just dropped her tea, ran outside and she saw him in the pool. She jumped in. It was middle of July, freezing cold, got him out. And she had just come out of a spine operation, literally two oh, weeks or something prior. And she had the strength. She picked him up, 81 kilos, took him out the pool, screamed for my father. And they yeah. did um, CPR on him while they called the ambulance. Um, but uh, he was already gone. And they weren't sure. They took yeah. him to hospital, but he was um, diagnosed dead on arrival. So that was how wow. he passed. Well, I don't think I've ever heard this story in such detail. It's it's really like, you know, the thing is when you are a parent and it happens right next to you, I can only imagine the thoughts and the questions that must have gone through uh, Lola's and your dad's brain, you know, like just thinking about that. And I I strongly believe that it's always some higher purpose, some higher guidance, and I, I know that you do too. So, you know, there's always a reason how and why people leave, even if that's for us that are left behind, sometimes very hard to understand or to accept in that very moment. And, and just to even share how odd it was, he wasn't working at the pool. He was working and we yeah. had a big border of um, brick paving on the outside of the pool, about a meter mm. or two wide. He was on the grass picking up the dog mess. Um, yeah. And how he landed up in the pool, we, we don't know. And uh, the other thing was, he died or passed on on the 4th of July, which was Independence Day. And I really felt it was an, an, an Independence Day for him because yeah. those last couple of months, he was so bad with his epilepsy. Every time he sent me a photo or a text or we FaceTimed, he had um, a, a, a cut across his forehead. He'd had a seizure and fallen in the bathroom and cut his head open. Or he'd be in a sling. He dislocated his yeah. shoulder for the 10th time. He dislocated his shoulder yeah. so many times from epilepsy. He actually had an operation to lock the shoulder in with a piece of bone. Oh, wow. Um, so he always injured himself and it was really an infliction. I have to use that word. Mm -hmm. It was really um, almost like he was in a prison of medication and seizures and he, he just wasn't free. And Lola and my father, if the house was quiet for like 30 minutes, 45 minutes, they would get anxious that he's okay. Yeah. Is he having a seizure? It was yeah. always that kind of scenario. And it was like that for a very long time. So it was his Independence Day. And honestly, yeah. um, for him, he's in a better place and um, he's free of all of that. I think it's really incredible that he chose the 4th of July to go. You know, this is just absolutely incredible jane i know of the connection and you just shared some of that with us you know so where did you take that from there how did you even find out and what was your reaction how did you how did you deal with that um i'll just put this in perspective of which i really want to make the main takeout for people yeah. listening is that as much as jamie's passing was the greatest tragedy ever in my life now in hindsight if i look back 
retrospectively, it was also the greatest blessing. And I know that sounds a bit strange, so just bear with me and stay with it and it'll, it'll un unfold. Um, he passed in 2012 and in 2010, I had just moved to Australia end of 2009 and in 2010, I was in a new job in a new role in a new city. I went to Melbourne in a new um, company and also in a new industry. And I just was so stressed out, overworked, trying to get my head around all this new stuff, working in a different industry in market research. I came from retail and the learning curve was really too steep. So I found myself going, long story short, in a downward spiral in that year, 2010. Mm. I became sick from stress. I was extremely unhappy. I wasn't doing well. For the first time in my life, I was really not doing well at all. And it affected me so badly and it just went on for 18 months and I found myself really in a dark place. I think it was the darkest place I've ever been in my life. And I found the silver method, which I trained today. And that, I won't make a long story, gave me the tools to turn my life around very quickly. And in five months, everything came right. My health came back, my confidence came back. I became top salesperson, whatever. That was literally, I got top salesperson of the year I achieved an award at work. I felt like everything in my life was just perfect now. I felt I was riding the wave. I felt my life was just perfect. And then I got the news that Jamie passed. And he was the closest one to me in the family. I was so close to him. And that was like such a shock. Um, now, the benefit of it all was when I got on the plane, as I got the news, it was literally 4.30 in the morning. It was just a coincidence. Woke up to use the bathroom and checked my phone and had um, eight missed calls and a whole lot of texts. And I thought something's wrong. I actually thought it was my father. Um, and as I called and found out the news, I booked a flight. was at the airport three hours later on a plane to South Africa. So being in South Africa for a month, I had a lot of time to sit and reflect, Marie. And I think the blessing in disguise was his death caused me to reflect on my life and ask the question, life is really short. He was here today. He's gone the next day. He was only 21. It could be any one of us. Am I really living my best life? If I had to die tomorrow, is this really my best life? And it was only then that I realized here, I thought I was living my best life because I just said that I thought I was on top of my mm -hmm. game and I thought it was all that. And in such a rude awakening, I came to realize what unfulfilling success really means. You can have all these um, things that people describe success. You can describe it in yeah. a million different ways. But mm -hmm. if it was about achievements and acquisition and what you have and what you own and what you um, – it wasn't about that. Success was really about a deep feeling of fulfillment, which I absolutely never had. I was in corporate, doing really well, mm -hmm. but at a deep feeling it wasn't. And it was because of Jamie's death that I reflected on this so strongly. I don't think I would have ever given myself the time to really think that out deeply. You just yeah. get into a mouse in the wheel and you just go, I mean, you were in corporate yeah. yourself. You know what it's like. All you mm -hmm. want to do is achieve results so you can get recognition really. But yeah. you don't, but your whole life flies by right under your nose. Yeah. Five years go by and you That's wake not up. true because the, the thing is, like, as you said, I was in corporate before myself. And the thing is, uh, the hours get longer, the paychecks get higher, but the fulfillment doesn't get higher by any chance you know yeah. it, it really isn't and I um I didn't see it back then when I was in corporate I was just doing what I had to do and I was actually enjoying it because I had a great team and I loved what I did yet uh, I had no family back then so there was no uh, 
kid to come home two years my hospital was there but it was just we had such a comfortable life the comfortable life was due to the finances that we brought home both of us and um, nobody in corporate would ever take a month off to reflect if there wouldn't be a significant trigger to do so so I really love that Chami gave you that as a present, you know, in his passing, that he's like, you need to take time out, Janine, and really look at your life and reflect on that. And when I look back at my adversity now, and I'm talking about Rob's passing, um, really things have shifted so dramatically. I can so relate to what you're saying, because what I would have classified as success before and after would be very, very different. And one of Rob's favorite sayings, uh, I didn't even know what the meaning of that was when I first came to Australia, was don't sweat the small stuff. I'm like, what does that actually mean, don't sweat the small stuff? And now I'm living it and breathing it because it really is, like you said, Janine, life is too short. You know, what do you want to get out of it? I had an interview uh, literally last week and the lady asked me, what does success mean to you? And I thought it's so funny. I hadn't been asked this question for such a long time because to me, it's such a corporate related question somehow. It's like from that world back then in the corporate life that I would have expected a question like that. I didn't expect it to come up in that interview, but I said, um, and it was really funny because it came out like that and I had to write it down later on because I thought this is so profound for my life, that change. I needed to write it down. And I said, success to me means laying in a hammock knowing that I have enough love, enough money and nowhere else to go. And that was so simple, you know, it was so simple. It was this contentment with what I have, who I am, where I'm at. And that is very different to what I would have defined success at five years ago. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I love that you share that. It's so beautiful because corporate is really a very different life. Hey, this is just a quick break. If you're enjoying this podcast, think of one person that you'd love to share this with. Thank you. So um, the, the other thing which I think might be helpful to people who are listening is when I was in South Africa and we, we actually left um, Johannesburg where the funeral was, we went to Cape Town and spent a couple of weeks just on holiday or the family together, just spending mm -hmm. time together. And at the time when I realized that I was unfulfilled in my corporate job and life had a totally different meaning for me, I actually didn't know what I wanted. Mm. I know what I didn't want, but I didn't know what I yeah. wanted. So I knew yeah. corporate wasn't the, the fulfilling thing. And then I thought to myself, well, what is the fulfilling thing, Janine? And I was empty. I had no answers. And that got me onto a journey of, what is it that I really want to do with my, my life? And I just had that question stronger and stronger. And I just thought there's got to be more to life than this. What is it? And then the, the real defining moment for me was when I came back to Australia after being away for a month and I went back to Nielsen. I um, opened my computer one day and my calendar at work was just full of appointments and I had a look at the calendar and it was I was booked into other people's meetings almost the whole week full except for maybe an hour and a half a day to do my own work mm -hmm. and in that minute I just thought this is actually my life's agenda in front of my eyes and whose agenda is it mm -hmm. and what do I really love and what do I want to do and I still didn't know the answer 
Um, but the blessing in disguise was doing the silver method and practicing it every day in 2010, 11, 12, I developed my intuition really strongly. And I just had, it was, if Jummy passed in July, October that year, I had this very strong intuitive hunch to join something called the John Maxwell team. It was so strong, so compelling. I didn't even know why it was so strong and compelling, but I'd read mm. John Maxwell's books back in South Africa, yeah. even from the 1990s. But something inside me said, join the John Maxwell global team of trainers, coaches, and speakers. And the day I clicked that link on the website, I got goosebumps from head to toe. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was going to change, but I just had a knowing that this was going to change my life forever. How or what? I didn't know. And it was true because when I joined the John Maxwell team and I went over to Orlando to be certified by John Maxwell at that event, there were 750 people there. And that was the most transforming week of my life, spending it with these people. And I realized they living a life of meaning, mm. of purpose, of significance, of adding value. And it's always been in my DNA, but I never found it as a, hey, here's a path for you. So I just yeah. stood there one day and I just looked at that whole room of people just after we finished one of the sessions before we went out. And inside me, I just said, I don't know how you're going to do this, but if they can do it, you can do it. And I was terrified to leave corporate, terrified yeah. because of the security yeah. of the paycheck. Yeah. Um, I had investment properties. I don't know if I was going to make enough money. So it was all about finance, 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 and security. Yeah. And I just kept repeating this quote by Helen Keller, which says, security is an illusion. It doesn't exist in nature. And I didn't even know what it meant. And I just repeated it over and over and used to sit in nature and think it's true. Who feeds the birds and the bees every day? And they're always taken care of. Who puts water yeah. out for them? Nobody. They just, yeah. and I just kept thinking myself that the universe, if it can feed and, and, and carry the whole of nature, surely it can take care of me. And anyway, long story short, I found a passion, which is property, as you know, and used the silver method just to have a goal and work on it. And a couple of, when I say a couple of months, about 13, 14 months later, I'd found my financial bridge out of corporate, which was selling investment property. And I started to build a personal development training business. And it was honestly Jummy's passing. I had his face on my vision board with where I wanted to be when I was in corporate and getting out. And a quote that was his that he always used to say, which was, um, if you don't leap for what you really want, how will you ever get what you really need? And I had I that on, on his face. And whenever I used to feel doubt and fear, should I leave corporate? Shouldn't I? I've just got promoted to, I actually got promoted to director. And I always wanted that when I was yeah. in my 20 years. And when I got it, I didn't want it at all. I just, mm. the meaning of things in my life shifted dramatically. And it wasn't yeah. about titles and positions. For me, it was yeah. about, I want my life to matter. I want my life to count. Yeah. And I found a way to do that. And that's all I wanted to do. And I must say, Jummy's been um, a big inspiration. Um, the, uh, he gave me often through that picture on my vision board, the courage to take another step forward when I really thought I should just back away and stay in security of a corporate job. And also, once I'd left corporate and started my own business, I have got stories upon stories upon stories of the most incredible appearances and um, synchronicities of his hand in my life 
through people who don't even know me. I've even got one right here in my desk. Some lady came to me. I think you should put them all together in a book and call it Leaping Through Life with Jamie. Well, I actually did write a book and it was inspired by Jamie. It's over there. Mm -hmm. um, I dedicated that book to him. Um, and there's stories in there. All those stories are actually in there of coincidences and synchronicities of people just telling me, even psychic people, I've got this message for you. And it's so clear and it's so unique to be him. There's no doubt that um, all I can say is he's aware. He's aware of everything that's happening in my life and my family's life. And I'm absolutely certain of that. And the mutual awareness of us, of him too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's so beautiful because it really feels like that he, he has become uh, part of your guidance team. You know, it really is so beautiful and um, he's probably leading them all. So you said from Jamie's passing to leaving corporate, it was about 14 months. Is that right? No, Jamie's passing was in 2012 in July. I joined yeah. the John Maxwell team in October that year. Okay. And then I stayed in corporate. I first thought that having a life of meaning meant if I developed myself more as a, as a leader in my corporate job, I'll make a difference. And as time went on, it was, this is not really the right thing for me. I wanted to be free to express and do what I wanted to do, not just with the corporate framework. You got to like, I even had a thought of doing it almost like training within the company, but you're too restricted. You're too boxed in. And mm -hmm. when I made the decision I want to leave, it was in 2014. Mm -hmm. And then I created a vision board. I started using the silver method just to visualize the life that I wanted to create. And mm -hmm. I had to really work, Marie, on just a whole lot of limiting beliefs. That's the truth. Mm -hmm. Limiting beliefs about yeah. being able to do it successfully, not yeah. turning back. I thought if I walk out here, I'm burning the bridges behind me. And I will rather die trying to build a business, adding value to people, than ever live with regret by not ever trying. So, um, yeah. So that was me, and then I, I left in two thousand and fifteen, actually. So mm -hmm. the decision was two years after Jamie's passing. Wow. I want to go back to Jamie's passing though, because we we started talking about you know what effect it had on you and and how you took the news. Uh, per se, so you flew to South Africa, you spent a couple of weeks there. Um, where did you actually have like a turning point where you felt this is a catalyst, this is a trigger for me to do something bigger or was it a gradual um, discovering of that? Do you remember? Uh, I think it was a little bit of a gradual discovering um, when I heard the news, I was just really overcome with the deep, deep sense of sadness. Um, I cried yeah. the whole flight home. I tried, I tried not to, and I couldn't. I don't like crying in public, and I just couldn't stop crying. And um, remember, at the funeral, I cried in a way that I have never done in my whole life. And I just want to mention that because if you're talking about, um, you know, loving life after loss or this thing up spiral grief i think now in hindsight i realized that the reason i could have such an early transformation from jummy's passing was the fact that i have never ever cried like i did at his funeral so much so people wanted to give me tranquilizers and i said no thank you i don't need any tranquilizers <laughs> oh just God. yeah because i was like really just um 
heaving from crying. But in that moment of brokenness, I released uh, any um, a mountain, an enormous amount that was hold that was inside my chest. I just I just released it, and mm -hmm. um, we just had a really good um, support there in South Africa. My dad's a person of faith, so was his Jamie's mom and her family, and we were together every day for the first couple of days, reflecting on what had happened, um, praying a lot. And in um, three days, different stages. So the first was really just about grief and sharing our story and all crying a lot And when we were sharing our stories. And the second day was also reflection on his life. And then mm. on day three, it was really a more like a celebration where everyone came with funny stories and happy stories and cute stories and photographs. And Jamie That's was funny. Beautiful. He had an incredible sense of humor. He was always telling jokes. Um, such funny stories and as we shared them we were we were laughing um, crying and laughing but more laughing and celebrating his life and that was really cathartic in a sense to um, get over that grief and then we went to Cape Town so while we were away I think slowly all I knew was that I want to do really um, you know you want to be with family all the time after someone passes and you really have this resistance to going back to work you think about mm -hmm. going back to work with a heaviness mm -hmm. yeah. i couldn't stay there any longer i took the, ma the maximum leave i could take and when i got back yeah. the first couple of days back in the office i was feeling like a block of lead i was so heavy um mm -hmm. and i had to like shake myself out of it and i realized that energetically this didn't inspire me at all or wasn't good for my soul that's all i can say and when I found the John Maxwell team a few months later, I found something that inspired me and really fired up my soul. So I immersed myself in studying everything about leadership, the John Maxwell team, all the books on John Maxwell. And as I went to um, more and more in masterminds and teaching calls and courses with my mentors, my cup was getting filled. And that was the fire in my life mm -hmm. of um, meaning and satisfaction. And eventually when my cup was so full, they poured into me, I wanted to share it because your cup runs over, right? You want to share so I just You need to give it to someone. <laughs> yeah, so there I am in my yeah. corporate job. I'm in a sales role and I'm just so inspired by everything. I decided to give this free lunch and learn at work and just said to anyone who wants to come, I'm going to talk about the 21 laws of leadership if you want to come. And I thought no one would show up. I arrived there and there, there were people in the room. I thought, oh my goodness, okay. they really do want to hear my talk. And as I, sh as I shared that talk, um, on leadership, just for free, just for fun at, at lunchtime. When I finished, um, I went back to my desk and I just remember this. Uh, let me just preface this by saying the thing that stood out for me when Jamie passed was that I didn't really know the purpose of my life and I had never known it. I've gone from corporate role to corporate role. I was happy and having a good life. But when I thought mm -hmm. about purpose, it was an enigma. And yeah. through the John Maxwell team, one of my mentors said, Tonight we're going to talk about life purpose. And I was like, oh, yes, I'm going to I'm working out today. I'm going to find out how to find my life purpose. And then he gets on the call and he says, if you want to know your life purpose, don't ask the question, what is my life purpose? I thought, what now? He said, the question you ask is, what are you passionate about? Mm. In your passion lies your God-given yeah. purpose. Yeah. So then I remembered that. So anyway, that day I gave that free talk. I get back to my desk and the girl sitting next to me, Karen, says to me, Janine, so how did you enjoy giving that um, lunch and learn on leadership? I said, oh, Karen, I loved it. I loved it with a passion. 
And as I said that word, ping, in my head, I heard the voice of my mentor, in your passion lies your God-given purpose. And I thought, is it possible that I could be teaching or training leadership or person development? And I thought, oh, you could never do that. You've got no experience in that. You come from a retail background. You're in research now. You'll never – all these limiting beliefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I caught myself thinking, you're filling your head with – rubbish like don't believe every thought you think and i tell people that don't believe every thought you think that passion would not go away so i had two choices i was either going to be desperately unhappy and not go after it or i'm going to have to overcome my limiting beliefs find the courage work it out fix the mindset and go after what i really dream to do and thank god i chose option two and um here i am today doing exactly that That's absolutely incredible. I, I just really love that. Two things I want to quickly say, one completely unrelated to what you just said, but I thought it was so beautiful because you're talking so passionately about your brother and I look over to the phone because I always check if there's comments or questions and I see that my sister is watching. Hi. <laughs> Hello, She's sister. Me. So I thought it was really beautiful. You're talking about your brother and my sister's tuning in. So I'm really, really happy that you're here. I love you. Thank you for watching. And the other thing I wanted to say is, and, and I love so much that you brought this up because um, in the Blank Canvas program that I run, we we have one chapter on purpose as well, you know, because a lot of people after an adversity, it's like, okay, what's my purpose now? They often lose the connection to their purpose or completely redefine it. And I love that you brought that up. You know, the purpose will not be found through the question, what is my purpose? It will be found where your passion lies. I'll just love it. I want to stitch it on a cushion and have it on my on my couch. Like seriously, it's just so beautiful. Uh, so thank you so much for sharing that because I can I, I can almost feel that bing moment when it came up when somebody asked you that about Yeah, and I have to tell learn, you, you know, um, I, I'm so passionate, 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 Marie, about mm-hmm. helping other people find their life purpose because yeah. for me, it was the greatest mystery. And I was 42 years mm-hmm. of age and not knowing what my life purpose was, frustrated. Yeah. I, th- I was even annoyed hearing people talk about it, thinking there's something wrong with me that I have got no, this one's found his purpose, that one's talking about it, that one's, and I just couldn't find it. Just want to quickly get something I want to sh- show you. Absolutely. We go to a little app break. So I, you may or may not know, but I had a dream one night, a significant dream. Yeah. And a conversation unfolded in my dream about what's the best next step for my life. And the the voice, it was like a voice in my in my head or in the room, um, said, write a book. And I had never a goal to write a book. Write your book. <laughs> I said, well, what's the book about? And it just kept coming back the same answer. What do you want people to know? What do you want people to do? And in the middle of the night, I scribbled some notes that just came to me. And the next morning I woke up because I have a dream log because one of the silver method techniques is dream um, the dream technique. Mm-hmm. And I... The next morning I thought, what was I dreaming about a book? And I opened this dream log journal in the morning and I thought, oh my goodness, there I had sketched a diagram and had outlined 10 chapters of a book. And at the top I wrote in capital letters to myself, go away and write your book with three exclamation marks. And I thought, wow, I don't even remember that happening. Anyway, it happened. And this book is I about life. I remember you telling me about that when we were working together. But you yeah. need to go away. You need to take a week off yeah. somewhere. I'm and this is about purpose. That. Absolutely. Yeah. And I did go away for a few days here and a few days there. Ended up yeah. writing out the chapters was actually really easy because the framework came in a five-minute download in the middle of the night mm. through a dream state. Incredible. Um, I love but, it. 
And if this is the thing that was meant to come through, it says it's a guide to discovering your purpose and value in this world because I'm passionate about helping other people find their purpose. I think it's the most, most, most important goal you could ever have. Can you hold have. it up again? I just want everybody to see it and read out a title because this will be an audio as well. This will be a podcast as well. So Living in the Flow by Janine Shaka. Where can people find this book? Oh, anyway, just Google it. It's on every cool. platform. Yeah. Perfect. And by the way, I just want to mention this now. Janine will definitely share her links as well. So maybe you can also share the link uh, to your book as well where people can find it or your website, etc. So we will definitely be sharing the link after the interview in the comments below. So fear not, you will find her. <laughs> Thanks, Marie. <laughs> awesome. So let's talk about this silver method. You've mentioned it a couple of times and I know it is one of your biggest not just passion, but really a way of life for you. And I have heard so much about it. I've experienced some of it throughout my own life. And uh, you are a Silver Method trainer. So tell people that have never heard about the Silver Method, method before, S-I-L-V-A, Silver Method, uh, what it actually is, and give us a bit of an intro. Thank you. So the Silver Method is the original and oldest personal development program in the world. It uh, came about to be a public program in 1966, so it's over 50 years old. It's um, the only personal development program in the world that's also got 22 years of scientific research behind it, so it's all scientifically proven and evidence-based. It's a four-day dynamic meditation program that just gives you very, very simple tools and techniques to uh really change or create the results that you want in any area of your life and when we say dynamic meditation we go into a meditative state but it's not passive where you clear your mind we go into a meditative state and then we actively engage the mind through advanced visualization which actually reprograms your subconscious mind so you say well why would i want to do that well science has proven that 95 percent of you and your results today are actually based on your first seven years, your imprint phase, 95%. So if people say I'm struggling to make money or I'm struggling to cure my illness or mm. I'm no good with relationships or I, I, you know, I've got this passion, I want to start a business, but I've got no confidence or I don't know. All these things that people want as results and they want to know what's holding them back, well, probably your paradigm your conditioning from one to seven so how do we change it well if you think about a child between zero and seven a lot of time they're in the theta state which is a slow brainwave state and also alpha between seven and 14 kids are mainly in the alpha state that's a very programmable state of mind mm -hmm. so in the silver method we actually use meditation to go into the alpha level which is the most stable brainwave state use advanced visualization trigger emotion with that outcome that you want and what you're doing when you have emotion the subconscious mind is the emotional mind you make impressions in your subconscious yeah. mind and you'll find automatically automatically and effortlessly you take different behaviors towards those results and you think wow weight loss is a perfect example people that some have been just trying to uh, reduce weight for years and years they put it on mm. they take it off they put it on they take it off yeah why do they keep going back? Because the subconscious self-image says, I'm fat. So if you reduce the kilos, it says, hey, that's not you. You're that's fat. So it'll put yeah. them back on again. 
So if you reprogram the subconscious and change that self-image, you will automatically find, oh, I don't feel like eating a burger and chips, but I feel like eating a salad or something healthier. And you'll, and you'll just say, isn't that interesting? I just felt like it, or I just feel more energetic. I might want to go for a walk or a bike ride. This That's is what incredible. Can I just say something quickly? This is really incredible because I'm one of those people who've been struggling with putting on and losing weight and putting on and losing weight. And for the first time in my life, I'm working with a health coach who's been doing exactly what you just said. I need to now go and ask him if he's trained in the silver method because that's exactly what he did with me. He let me work on my uh, emotional state, on my self-image of who I want to be, how I want to feel, how I want to look. All of the things that you just described is exactly what he's done with me. And for two months, Janine, you, you wouldn't believe this. If you would have told me that three months ago, I would, have, <laughs> I would have laughed it off and said, no way, me, there's no way I can do this. But for two months, I had chosen to. It didn't feel like a restriction at all. I need to highlight that. It was a choice and it feels like nurturing myself. I have not eaten gluten or dairy or alcohol or salt or sugar for two months now. Wow. I've shed close to 10 kilos now and it is incredible. I feel so different and I'm loving it. And this is nothing where I feel like I can't wait till I'm done so I can eat chocolate again or drink a glass of bread again or something at all. It's out of my system and all I can feel is the new me. And just when you said that, I'm like, oh, this is exactly what my health coach did with me. I need to go and ask him if he's trained in a silver method or if, you know, this, this is really triggering me now as in, you know, curiosity. I really need to know if that's his background because, yeah, it, it didn't faze me what his background was. I know about his background and his such, you know, medical background as well. But knowing that now, I'm like, this is incredible. That new identity and who you want to be and, acting from that the choices are so simple and so easy it doesn't feel like a restriction it feels like nurturing to me now which is a huge shift a huge shift in my life so that's fantastic wow. yep. yeah so um and that's really uh, important that people realize that your behaviors are not driven by your conscious thinking you may think that oh, you consciously behaving 96% yeah. of your behaviors are driven from your subconscious programming, subconscious. sub mm. below awareness. So mm. we're just behaving on a habit pattern yeah. and it's never going to change unless you change the program. Mm. So you change the program. So people think I must work on the outside world, you know, I must take more action here, have to do lists, have routines, mm. have, but it's the other way around. Close your eyes, yeah. go deep within, go visualize, yeah. change the brain mapping the new neural pathways, feel that with emotion and voila, you create these neural pathways and your behavior starts to change effortlessly. Amazing. I'm absolutely blown away by this. It's just so, so incredible. Um, I need to put you on a spot here. You Go on then. coming up, don't you? Yes. When is it? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's it's four, it's a four day. Yeah. Will this be online? Obviously, yes. Due to lockdown. So absolutely incredible. For those of you who are listening to this, just as blown away as I am and go like, I need to do this, please contact Janine ASAP. Hold on. Do you still have spots in that program? Fortunately, yes, we do. And fortunately, online, it's also um, quite easy to accommodate. So yes, we do have space. Awesome. Yeah. So if, if you feel like, you know, this is something uh, that is really speaking to you right now, then please, please contact Janine. There's only two days left before she, before she gets started. So 
let's take that a step further, Janine. I would love to know the silver method in the world of grief. Where can you highlight the connection for people, how this can bring healing, calmness, purpose into their life? I think I've already given a couple of things away oh. here, but can you elaborate on that a bit? Because you said that it was a huge tool for you in the loss of Jummy to actually huge. use the silver method. Yeah. So can you share a little bit sure. about that? So just to just also go back, when you said it's um, the four-day program coming up this week, by the way, for people who worried about Zoom fatigue, you will not have it because most of the course, your eyes are closed and you're working mm -hmm. in your mind. So you're not watching the screen. So mm -hmm. for um, grief, the silver method uh, has got a technique for life purpose. Mm -hmm. um, you may not get the answer, what is my life purpose right there and then when you do the technique. But what I do guarantee is that you will plant that question in your subconscious mind and there's another technique at the very end of the course on day four where it's called planting the seeds of purpose and we actually visualize our lifeline going forward into the future and it's all about purpose and um when you put that into your subconscious mind those seeds will germinate it's a it's a matter of time so there's that there's also managing and reducing stress you will get by default during the program because you're so much in dynamic meditation but you learn how to, just with a three-finger technique, it's just a few seconds. What we used to do on day one to get de-stressed or calm and relaxed in 30 minutes, you can do in a few seconds when you finish the course. That's another big deal is to manage and reduce stress and feelings of anxiety. When you feel calm and relaxed, your mindset is already better. Your optimism is already better. When it comes to loss, there's actually techniques that you can use that are extremely effective. Let's say you never finished a conversation or you had a fight with a person and you've got unresolved, unfinished business and the person is now gone and you're now sitting with like, how am I ever going to resolve this? The person's gone. Well, the silver method has got the most amazing technique to deal with all of that where people resolve issues like that literally in one um, exercise, just one. Mm -hmm. And if you wanted to go back and revisit it more than that, you absolutely and certainly can. It also just helps a person get clarity on your goals because we need to know, especially after loss, what's important to you now? Yeah. And are you going to go after that? And you think, oh, no, mm -hmm. I can't do that. Well, can't a limiting belief. You can. You just need mm -hmm. to decide that you want to go for it. What is it that you really want? So it helps with that clarity. And then gives you the tools to actually get there. I'll tell you, I believe without the silver method, I don't know if at all I would have had the confidence and have would been able to have overcome the limiting beliefs when I wanted to leave corporate after 20 years. That's all I knew. I was a corporate junkie and a corporate monkey. And um, I didn't know how I was ever going to leave that security. I was so conditioned. And my family was also conditioned. We had no role models of people who are entrepreneurs. So I really I think, had to work I just on want myself. I quickly highlight that, what, what you just said, that it's huge and it's so often overlooked. I had no role models. You know, we need to consider what our upbringing was, what we learned. And I want to highlight that quickly. I'm sorry that I needed to interrupt you for this for one second because I think it's of incredible importance. When we think about role models, that, that is such a huge thing in the world of grief, you know, when we understand 
uh, what we've been role models on how to handle grief. You know, there's the falling apart and then the first six months are the worst. And after a year, you're sort of expected to move on again or move forward. And then you were black for at least a year. And there's all these expectations that we've been role models that for me, that was the biggest thing to interrupt that stigma of grief, to really interrupt that stigma of grief and say there is a different way of dealing with that. And I think that was, for me, the catalyst or the trigger to start loving love after loss because I realized I was dealing with grief very differently to what I have seen. I never liked what had been role modeled. And that to me is really, really important that we look at what have we been role modeled in our lives in every area. It doesn't matter whether that's finances or how to deal with relationships or um, what we think about where we should be in our career, you know, all these expectations from us. And then bringing it back to what you said before, Janine, you know, what is your passion? What lights you up? What makes you happy? And I can guarantee you that falling apart and staying stuck in grief and in pain has got nothing to do with passion, has got nothing to do with where would you like to be in life and has got absolutely nothing to do with what our loved ones would want for us. So I just needed to to share that here at that point because I think that role modelling it is that so quick and easy but it is such a huge impact in our lives and in particular when you bring it back to the silver method you know, the first seven years of our life what is our imprint what were our role models in those seven years and what were, what have we learned from them does it align with our passion and so often the answer is no yeah but just so, two quick things um passion yeah, besides being something that you love to do could also be something that causes you to cry that brings you to tears people who are passionate about the environment end up working for organizations that do good for the environment or animals or whatever yeah. so passion can be both and the other thing is um it's true what you're saying about role models my father worked for the same company for um i don't know how many years until his retirement from the first job he ever had till his retirement he's the man who got the gold watch so there i was kind of fed my whole life you know, get that good job and be loyal and end up on a pension with that company, you know, be the highest level you can be. And here I was being challenged by this. So overcoming my limiting beliefs. And I think the other big thing is the silver method, the four day program, day one and two is called life system, all your life skills, how to sleep well, how to get rid of headaches without drugs, things like that. And the last two days, is called intuition system and you mm -hmm. learn methodically how to access develop and refine your intuition and it was intuition that guided me on the path to finding my life purpose and even mm -hmm. in my book there's one of the key components here to find your life purpose is to actually learn to trust your intuition and follow it because it's guidance it's guidance from the highest source for the perfect life for you and your own purpose. And intuition has got to be the greatest skill. You can just develop more and more and more. And in my own life, I found with Jamie's passing, the most incredible things and intuitive guidance, um, the right person at the right time, you see the right thing, you are led on a path, you meet a person, your life takes a different corner. It was always to do with intuition. So I think if you have intuition, It'll guide you to find your life purpose and your life purpose has got to be the most important thing. When you spoke about success earlier, 
Um, my definition today of success, which I learned from John Maxwell, so I don't take the credit for it, is, <laughs> is three things. The first one is finding your life purpose. The second one is developing to your maximum potential because you do, you do everybody has talents and gifts that are here to serve the world in a way that only you can do in your own unique and beautiful way. And the third thing is to sow seeds in others. And that's where mm. meaning comes in. Life purpose is yeah. about service to others and helping to improve and create a better world. Mm. So if you do serve, if your life has meaning to in a form of living beyond yourself, taking your talents and gifts and helping the world, you'll find that you go from, you know, John Maxwell says, um, success is all, all about me and significance is all about others. And mm. once you've tasted significance, success will never satisfy you again. Wow. I think I love that. It is so beautiful. And I love that you mentioned intuition because I also remember, it just came back to me when you said that, funny enough, um, there was something, and I hope you remember, there was something about a story when you when you came to that talk that I mentioned where we first met in Barangaroo that you said you weren't even planning to come to my talk, but something guided you, something about the wings of my logo or something. I can't remember. Do you remember that? It was something to do with yummy and wings and you saw the wings in my logo and you knew that you had to go to this talk, something around. Yeah, absolutely. There was, yeah, there were definitely signs there. Um, and um, my grandmother's name is Maria and actually her real French mm -hmm. name was Marie. She was a very powerful person in the family, very, very strong um, energy, big personality, big character. Yeah. And she had passed on um, several years ago, but I also feel her presence in my life too. And when it was Marie, I thought, oh, that's interesting. Because I was thinking about my grandmother the very morning I met you. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking to myself, um, you know, you're such a power, I was thinking in my head, just, just like a thought, you're such a powerful spirit, you know, Maybe today you can let me know, like, what's the way forward? Like, what am I supposed to yeah. um, do here? And I was actually looking for a coach. And I thought, well, mm -hmm. should I go to the John Maxwell team and find one there? Whatever? And that's when I met you. And then we ended up going into a coaching relationship. And yeah. that all came. But it was your name that caught my attention. Then I saw your logo, the wings that caught my attention. Because that thought, okay, this is a bit angelic. That reminded me of Jummy, to be honest, those um, yeah. wings. Because I put wings onto a picture, a photograph of Jummy. Yeah. The day he died, I was on the plane. I had my iPad with me and I took a beautiful photo of him sitting on a rock um, on, with a sea behind him. And I found two white wings, massive wings. Yeah. And I superimposed them on this image in faint behind him. Yeah. And then I put the poem there of Celine Dion's song called Fly. And um, just that image of wings, you know, like you just get a wow. a recognition of something that's familiar and you think, wow, this got my attention. Yeah. I still remember you walking up there. You were sitting there uh, patiently waiting because there were people talking to me after, after the talk. And I remember catching, you were catching my eye and I was you were sitting on the side and you had this red letter jacket on and jeans and you were just patiently waiting. And, and then afterwards I realized you only had like five minutes left. So, yeah, it was it was just a beautiful way how we met and how intuition invited you to come there. It, it's really incredible. So, yes, please, Janine, share the link 
to your program, share the links to your website, how people can find you, how people can learn more about the program if they wanted to. Uh, super short notice, but you've got two days left. You've got today and tomorrow to make the decision. Well, I got someone and, booking um, yesterday, so um, it's never too late. Intuition. Yeah. Trust your intuition. Trust your intuition. You be there, and there's a reason why you saw that right now. So I feel so blessed that our lives have crossed, that our life paths have crossed, that we met, and that we had this one hour together. I knew that one hour would just fly talking to you um, because that's what always happens when we do get together. We, we talk for like half an hour, an hour easily, and it's like, woo. So would you love to leave our audience with some final words of wisdom? Is there anything that you would like to highlight from what we've talked about in the last hour that you want to make sure yeah, sure. that it's the final takeaway? Once again, I'll use people smarter than me's words because they do have more impact. So when it comes to grief, um, I will call, in my personal experience, Jamie's passing for me at that time was a tragedy. And that's what um, loss feels like, a tragedy at the time. So in Napoleon Hill's words, he says, within every temporary defeat lies the seed of an equivalent or greater advantage. And if you said to me, losing my brother, had an advantage that was equivalent to that tragedy or greater, I'd have said, you're crazy. Mm -hmm. But if you see how, if I look at my own life, how my life has transformed from being a mouse in a corporate wheel to really now living what I love to do. I know I'm living my purpose. No one can convince me. I know it. Um, I love what I do. I'm training a program that changed my life, which is a silver method. I'm the only trainer in Australia. It's my absolute passion. You were right when you said that. Mm -hmm. Then I have to say for all of you, find the gift in your own tragedy of your loss in your life, whoever it is that you lost, there is something in there for you to grow from and learn from. And when you find that thing, it will literally transform your life and it will probably benefit humanity in a significant way because they say your wounds are your worth. The same as you, Marie, your wound mm -hmm. of losing, losing Rob has transformed that into this gift of you serving humanity in a better way. So that's the definitely the thing I want to say. And the other one is do learn and practice to trust your intuition if you want to know your life purpose because that's the way that you will find it. There's no other books or courses. You know, it's like find your intuition. Okay, the Silver Method does teach you how to, it's a course, to, to develop your intuition. <laughs> but it is about your intuition guiding you because – Really, we are more non-physical beings than we are physical beings. And sometimes we forget that. There's a lot yeah. more happening in the unseen that's real. Mm. Yeah, I love that you say that. And the answer really is within us. So when we when we do turn to intuition, it is just right there. And often it has been there all along. It's just a matter of connecting to that, training it, you know, keeping it upright. It's just so beautiful. I feel really blessed, Janine, that you came here and talked to us about all of that today. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you, Marie. It's a pleasure. And thank you. For sharing your purpose. And uh, for everybody else who wants to connect to Janine, we will be sharing the links in the comments below. Blessings to you all. Blessings to you, Janine. Thank you so much for being here. This You're welcome. Janine and Marie signing off. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed the show and you would like to find out more about loving life after loss, please visit marialessi.com. I shall see you next week. Bye.